Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, June 28th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, the St. Louis Police Department boosted its presence in North City 18 months ago in an effort to get crime under control. Basically, a lot more visibility, a lot more enforcement. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman examines whether the strategy in an area known as Hayden's Rectangle is working. First, the news. It is another key day in the legal fight over the fate of Missouri's only abortion clinic. The license to perform the procedure at the St. Louis Clinic is set to expire at 5 this afternoon. But Planned Parenthood is asking a state commission to keep that license in place until it takes up the dispute in August. Here's St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Phantom. Last week, the State Department of Health and Senior Services denied the abortion clinic's application for a license. Circuit Court Judge Michael Stelzer ordered Planned Parenthood to take its complaints against the state health department to the Administrative Hearing Commission. Stelzer's order keeping the clinic's license in place expires on Friday afternoon. The hearing before the commission is scheduled for August 1st. But Planned Parenthood wants the commission to keep the status quo until a final decision is made. If that doesn't happen, Missouri would become the first state since Roe v. Wade without an active abortion clinic. In a lawsuit, Planned Parenthood accuses state regulators of not following proper licensing procedures. The state accuses the clinic of putting patients at risk. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. A Democratic state senator wants Missouri to be more proactive in reducing racial profiling among black motorists. Senator Carla May of St. Louis says a recent attorney general's report highlights a disconnect between law enforcement and African-Americans. We have a very thin line right now in St. Louis City between the police officers and the community. And it has to be a balanced scale approach. She made the comments during an appearance on our Politically Speaking podcast. Attorney General Eric Schmidt released a report earlier this year showing that black drivers are 91 percent more likely to get pulled over by police in Missouri. The U.S. Supreme Court has ruled federal courts are not the venue to review partisan gerrymandering. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports the decision could have a big impact in Missouri and Illinois. The 5-4 to four ruling does not stop states from adopting rules against partisan gerrymandering. It specifically mentioned Missouri, a state that adopted a state legislative redistricting plan known as Clean Missouri aimed at creating maps emphasizing partisan fairness. But neither Missouri nor Illinois specifically prohibit legislatures from passing congressional maps that help one party or the other. And Clean Missouri's Sean Sonker Nicholson says it's unlikely that will change anytime soon. We're going to have to, as a nation, come to come to terms with what a disaster partisan gerrymandering is across the country. Nicholson also noted that some states like Illinois either make it very difficult or impossible to undertake citizen-led ballot initiatives. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. It's been 18 months since the St. Louis Police Department rolled out a crime reduction strategy in an area known as Hayden's Rectangle. Named for the chief, John Hayden, it originally focused on one dozen of the city's most violent neighborhoods all on the north side. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman examines whether the strategy is working. 
Hayden's strategy starts with something called hotspot policing. Basically, a lot more visibility, a lot more enforcement. Research shows it's fairly effective at fighting crime in the short term, and that appears to be true in St. Louis. Between 2017 and 2018, Hayden says, violent crime in the area bordered by Goodfellow, Van Deventer, Martin Luther King, and West Florissant dropped 18 percent. At the end of the year, there were 23 less homicides in the rectangle. There were 77 less robberies and 113 less aggravated assaults with firearms. We believe that that had citywide impact. The trend is holding this year, although a recent spate of violence has reversed some of the progress. Of the 12 neighborhoods in the rectangle, half have been hotspots already in the last decade. What's different now, Hayden says, is the extra officers aren't leaving. When you kind of mix resources around from week to week or day to day, I don't think you get the long-lasting impact of focusing on an area or areas that have historic violent crime. But it's not just up to the police, says James Clark. He's the vice president of community outreach at Better Family Life, which has been working in the rectangle for decades. Expecting a police chief to be able to remedy this human capital crisis is almost like walking into McDonald's and saying, let me get a pizza. Clark focuses on the neighborhood, the front porch, the living room, central to his outreach are the churches, what he calls the last institutions standing. He's pushed them to host job fairs and weekly neighborhood barbecues. Damon Cannon is one of 90 pastors who have answered Clark's call. Cannon leads Ephesus Missionary Baptist Church in Walnut Park East. Six people were killed in that neighborhood last year and another 57 shot. That's an improvement from 2017, although the numbers for 2019 don't look as rosy. Cannon calls the outreach efforts a natural extension of the work his church has done for 86 years. If people like each other, they tend to not fight. They tend to not kill each other. Uh, and if we become community, uh, then we do that. But there's a lot more to crime reduction than neighbors looking out for each other. And that's why Hayden turned to outside partners like the Urban League of Metropolitan St. Louis. The 101-year-old organization had few offerings for young men in North St. Louis, who are overwhelmingly the victims and perpetrators of violent crime. It's since opened the North St. Louis Empowerment Center. Tydrell Stevens coordinates the center's job training program known as Save Our Sons. One graduate, he says, started off not knowing how to even fill out a job application. He used the terminology pulling licks in terms of robberies and how he thought about it before, but having a job and really being focused on it has really changed his whole mindset. If all 127 graduates who have gotten jobs since January 1st keep that job for a year, they'll pump nearly $3 million into some of the city's poorest neighborhoods. Stevens lives inside the rectangle. He's lost friends to the violence that Hayden is trying to stop. He knows the police have a role in that effort. But we also need fair treatment for individuals because it's, 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 it's going to be hard if individuals are getting treated unfairly and for them to come to the table and really respect the other side. Hayden says the neighborhoods welcome the police visibility, though he acknowledges a wedge exists. He says the department will continue its own outreach efforts like rehabbing houses and visiting schools. And new research finds that the negative effects of hotspot policing may be overstated. Two recent studies of a hotspot in St. Louis County found that satisfaction with police actually improved in areas that saw the extra patrols compared to areas that received just standard policing. And importantly for crime reduction, so did a community's willingness to look out for each other. David Weisberg, a professor of criminology at George Mason University, is an author of the studies. Citizens see the police are doing something, and that leads them to, you know, maybe I should do something as well. 
Weisberg, though, sounds a cautionary note. Hotspots are usually very small, a specific street or even a specific block. The rectangle covers several square miles. Most of the streets in that neighborhood probably don't have many problems. You're now targeting many streets and perhaps many people that you shouldn't be targeting. Based on the crime numbers, Hayden has expanded his rectangle strategy. Hotspots in South St. Louis and around downtown started this January. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Finally, a bit of inside baseball today, if you will indulge me. St. Louis Public Radio has made a big announcement. You'll likely start getting familiar with this voice this summer. I like when people feel passionately about things and end up clashing with other people who feel passionately about things. I like where that intersection happens. Um, so, so, yeah, I think there'll be no shortage of topics to explore. That is Sarah Fenske, the new host of our daily talk show, St. Louis on the Air. She has spent the past few years as the editor-in-chief at the Riverfront Times. Fenske starts her new job July 15th. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.